Good morning, everyone. We are excited. Wednesdays is always a blessing with two sisters because it is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Lots to talk about. We've got a great speaker on today, but good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss, live with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And also a gold digger. I love this uh, sweatshirt. Um, obviously still cold in the Northeast, but you know, enough about the weather. Today we have an amazing guest um, who, you know, she, she is a doctor, of course, Dr. Orlena Carrick. And she started out as a pediatric physician, but Wow, her story is amazing. Obviously, if you can see me on video, you know that I'm very excited to introduce her. So welcome, Dr. Orlena Carrick. Um, welcome to the Two Sisters podcast family. Thank you so much for having me. So yeah, you're welcome. We're, we're happy to have you. Um, obviously, I just said you used to be, well, you know, a pediat pediatric physician. Um, tell us where that journey has now taken you to where you are today. Oh, okay. So yeah, I trained in the UK, as you can probably tell from my accent. And I worked as a pediatric doctor. I did my, we have a different system from your system in the state. So we basically train from the moment we hit the ground running, essentially, you know, we don't do pre-med and all of these things. We just train, we leave school, train as a doctor. And then I went on and did pediatrics. But I always loved traveling and part of me just really wanted to move abroad. And it's quite a long story, but essentially we moved to Spain and I thought, oh, I'll just move to Spain and I'll carry on working as a pediatric doctor. It's quite a long story, but that didn't happen. So I turned online um, really to give myself something to do. You know, I like being busy. I like helping people. I like to have a project. And at that time I started really thinking about kids and picky eating because hey guess what I had kids and they were picky eaters <laughs> so you know I used to tell people oh just go and get your kids sweet vegetables it's really easy and then I became a mother and realized it's not as easy as that and then over the years I have really pivoted as they say and I work with mums and part of that is because the best way to demonstrate to our kids how to lead a healthy life is to demonstrate how to lead a healthy life. And the problem I found was so many women weren't leading a healthy life. You know, what was really important to them was that their kids were eating healthily and doing all the things, and yet they weren't doing it. And that clearly doesn't work. So that's where I am now. I love that because women as a whole, men too, but women as a whole wear multiple hats. So generally speaking, yes, they're the ones who want to make sure things are running smoothly. They're, they're usually the ones to last, uh, the last one to sit at the table to eat. Uh, they're, you know, dealing with maybe picky eaters as children. So they're eating up maybe their leftovers or their sides. If they're not eating, they do a lot of grazing versus actually sitting down and making sure that their plate has got the rainbow colors and it's got healthy because they are the first introduction to anything in life to their child. So I, I love that idea. Love it. So you're, you're in Spain still, correct? Yes, yes, I'm in Spain. And I would like to say sunny Spain, but it's raining here today. <laughs> 
well, you know, here we go talking about the, the weather, but, you know. Beautiful it, air, sunshine, just saying. <laughs> so, you know, in a sidebar to that, you know, I think it's amazing that we can connect with people around the world to share what we are passionate about and you as well. Um, now, I know that obviously you coach specifically women. So what what is the... Um, onboarding process for you in other words um somebody contacts you and and says oh my god i really need to like get healthy what are some tips and strategies that you could share with us on your process yeah good question and i can dive as deep as you like into this question but the first thing i do is i have a chat to people and I start off by having actually quite a small chat because, you know, different people have different ideas about what they want to do. And I have specific ideas about what I want to teach and what I don't teach. But really, the most important thing is to look and see um, if that lady is a good match for me in terms of are they in the right place to be making changes and what do I mean by that this is the biggest thing that you can think of and it's all about commitment are you ready to make that commitment now the commitment doesn't have to be scary unless of course you know you can think of it as scary and it doesn't have to be things that you don't want to do but the bottom line is until you have decided to make changes and really committed to making that change I can't help you. Now, I help amazing women and I look at their transformations and I, you know, it, it lights my heart up to see these people who are feeling stuck and they're feeling in that place of, oh my goodness, nothing I do works. And I don't believe that what you teach is, you know, that's, what, to be honest, what people, that's how they're feeling to begin with on one level. On another level, their brain is going, it is about science. I know it's about science. <laughs> So, you know, we have these two different things going on. But at some stage, you have to make that step forwards and go, I am committed to leading a healthy life and make that change. Um, and I think, you know, I would encourage everybody to get help if they can get help because, you know, the research shows that you're far more likely to stick to your changes. But even if you can't, you still have to make that commitment to yourself because otherwise you just end up doing the same things. And you know what they say, if things don't change, things don't change. And, th and that's just it, basically. You have to be prepared to do things in a slightly different way. Right. And, and, I, and I think, too, that that's the whole part of being un uncomfortable when you're in that type of situation but a lot of people, once they get through that, that piece of, you know, ooh, you know, she's suggesting this and I got to do this and I, I'm not sure I can do that. Part of that uncomfortable feeling taking you out of your comfort zone is actually where you have the most growth uh, yeah. or, or the light bulb goes off. Yeah, yeah, entirely, entirely. I 100% agree. And, you know, it's just understanding that our brain is busy trying to protect us and our brain is busy trying to say, hey, keep things the same. And you know, what your brain is kind of saying is, you're alive now, it's, it's all going swimmingly, let's not change anything. And yet there's another part of your brain that says, no, but I know it can be so much more better than this. I know that I can, and it doesn't have to be huge changes, but I can make changes and I can change the trajectory from, whatever I'm on road to. So, you know, if you, if weight loss is an issue and you're putting on weight and weight is always an indication of 
you know, risk factors for not great health. So I can change that and I can get to bucket loads of energy and I can get to leading a long and healthy life and thinking about all those things that I want to do in the future. And talking about energy, I always find that energy is one of the first things that changes when people start implementing healthy living, their energy levels just really go up. You know, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think a part of the process too, I know for me, um, was that the normal behavior, even though I knew, you know, way back when, when I went through my transformation, even though I knew it wasn't good for me, it was normal. Therefore it was comfortable and it was hard to kind of get over that hump or, you know, crawl up the ladder, however we want to, um, kind of rephrase that that's a hard process and what I learned from my journey is that being normal although it's comfortable is hard making a change which we know we can do is also hard so you have those two forces kind of struggling with one another and I always say you know take it one day at a time for instance, yesterday or uh, Monday, we were chatting about dairy. And, you know, maybe it's as simple as, okay, if you're having two slices of cheese on your, your lunch meal and your evening meal, and you're not feeling well about a half an hour after you eat that, like, but you love dairy, there's that component of, okay, I know that I'm eating something that really irritates my insides but I still do it so maybe it's as simple as okay maybe I take that second slice off see how I feel what would you be your recommendation for and I kind of call that in my own mind it's like the yo-yo effect what would you suggest for someone who is battling those choosing that specific card Yeah, no, well, so many amazing points that you've brought up. And, you know, the flip side, just to sort of backtrack a bit of saying it is hard is, yeah, it can be hard. But I always say it's really easy to carry on with what you're doing. But it's also really easy to make changes. And I would say when you've got support, when you've got the right support and you've got someone making it easy for you, it's really easy to make changes. And yes, I totally hear what you're saying. It doesn't have to be you know, going back to your cheese analogy, it doesn't have to be right. I'm going to never, ever eat cheese. Um, I'm going to cut cheese out of my life forever. Just reducing it by half is an amazing step forwards in terms of the amount that you eat. And then in a little bit, you can reduce it a little bit more if that's what you want to do. And yes, I think this idea of, you know, you're standing there. And I see so many people who are standing right at the beginning and they're going, oh my goodness, it's going to be, scary and I'm not going to be able to do it and then you walk the walk and you do it a little bit and then you sort of go oh this isn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be um and then you start seeing that you're actually enjoying it so there is a process and there is a journey to go on and as you go on that keeping your eyes open and being aware and realizing then you realize that you actually do start to enjoy all these other things less cheese you might find something to replace the cheese which you you know actually enjoy more than the cheese and I think part of it is just practicing like putting yourself in that situation and going okay well let's see what happens for this lunch without cheese am I going to survive lunch without cheese 
perhaps the first time it's not great. Perhaps the second time you think, oh, you know what? I've discovered peanut butter and I love peanut butter instead. Um, and so it's just keeping going, keeping going, I think. And, you know, keeping your eye on the goal, going back to your goal digger. I'm all about motivation and goals. And I always think you need to have your eye on what your goal is, as well as your eye on enjoying the present moment. Mm. Exactly. And, I, and I, I think, too, that a lot of people need props. They, they, there's so many people out there that are visual, visual people in the sense of, you know, it's in my mind, I can write it down in my journal, but if I'm not seeing it, you know, it's kind of, it's out the door. So I love the fact that part of goal goals to actually physically be reminders of the end goal or the end goal to then maybe the next journey is pictures and you know where you're you're a parent and obviously you want to display good healthy habits just like brushing your teeth just like uh, you know uh, showering bathing those are all things that we teach our children and while we introduce them to the food groups early on as a as a baby it tends to like oh just you know she's crying let's just throw her thing at cheetos while i'm getting on you know getting on trying to make the meal you're micromanaging yourself you're multitasking and i think if you've got those goals with visual aids so i like the idea of maybe even someone uh, that needs that reminder of why she's doing it or why he's doing it, because sometimes it's the dad uh, implementing some of these things as well, is a picture of your children with maybe a, a good picture of some healthy looking food, you know, with an arrow, like, remember, we're all in this together or a family picture, you know, we're all ready, we're in this together. And actually, if the children are at that age where obviously you can converse with them because they're telling you what they want to eat and what they don't want to eat, it's, it's never too young to have that conversation with that child in a manner that they're going to actually understand why, why what, what are we doing? Like what, you're changing, you're changing how we normally have our meal. Now they're not going to actually say that to you because they're, they're trying to comprehend them themselves, but making it into a family kind of forced family fun. Let's do this together. And I think once you do that, you really also showcase the need of, accountability but surrounding yourselves with people that want that healthy at a young age to instill in them yeah no it's really interesting talking about kids healthy eating habits like eating habits start before the age of three which on one level is kind of scary but the good news is you can change your kids eating habits but they do develop eating habits really really early on Right. And so, it, again, and that's kind of the time where they really start to investigate taste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe they, maybe they went, maybe they went to that Nani's house and Nani gave them a piece of chocolate that, that mommy didn't know about, or, you know, the fast food. I mean, we are so over inundated uh, mm -hmm. globally with fast food, which is probably uh, one step away from garbage out here. My husband always says, you know, it, it truly is between the, the, the trans fats and the grease and the, the high sodium and you know, all that is so, so unhealthy. But that's probably one of the first introductions to bad, bad foods that, that parents sadly do, not really thinking of long-term. And like you said, that they're already onto and understand, you know, developing their habits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how, that, how what, a, what an interesting perspective though, start, starting kind of the reversal. Because I mean, and, and actually, like I said, bringing in, bringing in the family with that piece to it, making it a, a, 
more awareness for, for everyone within the family. Yeah, I mean, I work with the mother and what I always say right. to mums is the best thing you can give your kids is your own happiness. And the second best thing is vegetables. And I talk about happiness because, okay, I teach people how to eat healthily, how to lead a healthy life. And for a lot of people, that is about weight loss. And, you know, weight loss is one of those things that is consuming people. People will be, you know, there's this constant thought of how can I change? How can I change? How can I change? And really it is very wrapped up with happiness as well. So once you can start prioritizing your own needs in terms of your physical health and your mental health and demonstrating your emotional wellness as well, which is another thing we need to demonstrate to our kids. And then they fall, you know, they just, they just copy us essentially. And so if you are a happy person, your children are more likely than not to grow up. You know, obviously we can't account for everything and, you know, things that happen, but they're going to grow up with those tools to be happy people and to manage their emotions and understand how emotions work. And I think that's the, the missing link for, for, for what's going on globally is, you know, that the, the, the parent is the first teacher in all aspects, health, wellness, uh, you know, uh, leadership, uh, being a good source to your, your own community. And I think that's underestimated quite a bit what's going on globally. And it really just starts with that basics uh, of health and wellness. And like you said, if the parent is not happy, that transcend to the child and they become unhappy or miserable, or they also may pick up some of those bad eating habits of, okay, I relate to feeling miserable. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna eat a whole bag of cookies. That's gonna yeah. make me feel better. Yeah. So a lot of the work I do is, is with emotional eating. And, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, my goodness, I can hide my emotional eating. I can eat when my kids have gone to bed and my kids aren't going to know. Well, you know, what are you teaching your kids then? Your kids are seeing you eating perfectly healthy through the day and then you're overweight. And so what does that demonstrate? Like kids know they do know. So even right. if you think you're hiding it from your kids, you're not hiding it from your kids. Yeah. And so. I mean, you know, from a parenting point of view, the one one piece of advice I would give in terms of helping your children not establish a relationship with food is don't use food to modify their behavior. So and, you know, we're it's so easy to do. I know when I had my first child, I would he didn't like to get in his car seat, you know, the buckling them all up. Yes. He hated that. So I would give him a biscuit, a cookie and say, here you go. And magically, it was really easy to get him into the car seat until I realized what I was doing. And what I was doing was basically saying, hey, you don't want to go in your car seat. So have a biscuit instead. Right. And what is that? That is exactly connecting emotions to food. It's not saying, hey, you're hungry. How about you eat something? It's saying here, emotions equal food. And so as parents... Number one, fix your own relationship with food. And number two, don't link emotions and food. So don't punish children, you know, oh, you've been bad, so you can't have dessert. Or you've been really good, let's go for ice cream. I'm not saying you can't go for ice cream. What I'm saying is go for ice cream anyhow. <laughs> but, you know, don't say, oh, it's a reward. Let's right. go for ice cream. Right, because I also, that gives a, a, a very odd signal to that child in regards to uh, achieving and working hard towards goals, you know, you achieve to work hard towards those goals because the desire to do, do to get to the next level, not because 
you know, there's a carrot, which would not be a carrot, be a chocolate bar, you know, at the end, other end of the stick. And it really does really give that different signal of, like you said, emotionally connecting that now food is a reward. You know, food should be enjoyable. It should not be a reward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and as we were, were chatting about um, McDonald's, it made me think of a time when I was living in Deland, Florida, where, you know, on my lunch hour, I would go through um, the McDonald's and, you know, I was a supersized queen and then I would get a Diet Coke so I wouldn't feel so bad. <laughs> And then on the other end of town was the infamous uh, <coughs> rodeo whip, which is a homemade ice cream. Then I would get a big waffle cone. You know, I, I think back to that time and there, there is, there's such a connection with the emotions to food. Now the ice cream thing stems from my childhood when my brothers would be um, babysitting and, you know, they would give themselves big bowls of ice cream and I would get this little you know, dinky kind of serving, but that just goes to show you, I mean, that's still there. That's still in the back of my mind. Can I control it? Absolutely. I have to be very careful. I know for instance, and I've said this often, I am, you can't trust me around a bag of chips. If there's a bag in your, of chips in your house, I will find it and I will eat it. That's the truth. That's my truth. So um, where can, Dr. Arlena, where can our viewers and listeners um, get in contact with you? Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I have a podcast, which is Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. And I also have an amazing um, Facebook group, which, to be honest, the name changes so frequently <laughs> that I can't quite remember it. I think it's um, natural weight loss and... Um, vigorous energy or something like that. I think the URL is Dr. Orlina. And what I would like to show you is my amazing book, which goes through, um, which is out next week, actually. But it goes awesome. through my, my, my system. Um, and most importantly, it has a habit tracker. And we were talking right at the beginning about, you know, motivation and being able to see things and being able to see change. And one of the reasons I put together this habit tracker is I see so many people making changes and then that becoming their new normal. And then they kind of discount everything they've done and they're still striving for that goal. Now, I know we're all about goals, but we have to have goals in a way that feels good to us and that we're enjoying the now as well but people beating themselves up and going, I haven't made any change. And it's like, no, hang on a minute. If you actually track the change you've made, you've made amazing changes. You've just entirely forgotten. And so if you have the habit tracker, it motivates you. It, you know, it's like one of those games that you're playing with your brain, but it also allows you to see that you have been making changes and the changes don't have to be, you know, huge, huge changes. It's not about creating a life that you hate. It's about creating a life that you absolutely love and that that life you really enjoy. Oh, I love that. I love that. And again, it's, it's a visual piece to it. Like obviously a lot of people uh, have trackers on their phone, uh, but there's something about printing it out and physically taking that pen yeah. from, from mind uh, to, to pen to paper that you're doing that physical, I checked off today. Um, yeah, which is one of and the I, we're, we're using a similar track tracker on one of the challenges that we're doing, and it really just makes that person like yes, I, you know, 
feels yeah. good to check off a box. Exactly. And I know our phones are so useful. We have so many amazing apps, but it's just nice to have some time without our phones. We get so yes. hooked on our phones that it's just nice to give. I don't know about you, but my brain kind of feels a bit sore after I've spent a day, you know, and I'm doing amazing things like chatting to wonderful people like you. But there is something about being on a screen the whole time. That well, is a blue light, right? It's, it's just yeah. the, the energy that comes off of it. And you really have to make sure that when you are doing that as often as you are, that you naturally just take that break. Um, exactly. So your, brain, exactly. your brain and eyes uh, arrest. It's, it's so important. Exactly. Exactly. So the book is in paper. <laughs> so what, what is the name of the book? The book. Well, thank you for asking. It is Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. This is a promo one, which is why it's got a funny yes. line across it. Um, yes. I can't I can't order it until it comes out next week. <laughs> So I can't so, get one that doesn't have a line across so it. So will that be available online, Amazon? Yeah, it's or... on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Okay. So Okay. Wonderful. The book on Amazon. Okay. We'll make sure. I'll see if I can. And the, the link is up there on Amazon now? The link is up there, um, but you can't order it until next Wednesday. And um it will be on kindle the reason i put it on kindle is because i know that sometimes people want to have a little delve in like i always do this i get the little snippet and i read you know a few pages and think yeah i love this book and then i will you know if it's like recipe books i will order the whole recipe book um so that's why i put it on kindle but in terms of i mean i guess the other thing you can do is just use a paper habit tracker if you want to read it on kindle um Right. But for me, like the most of it is, it's a little bit of writing. There is writing in it. Um, so there you go. It's about half writing, I would say, perhaps a third. Um, but then it's got 13 weeks of habit trackers um, and gratitude, you know, that yeah, you can absolutely. write down your... And can you, can you say the name of it again? I'm sorry. Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. Okay. All right. And on that note, you know, we want to thank you so much for being here today. And really, uh, what a great conversation and diving into we covered so much, um, so much ground. And I think that we need to, at some point, continue this um, conversation and check in with you and, you know, see how well your your book did and uh, wishing you the greatest success with that. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Carol Sue to chat a little bit about Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Thank you so much, Dr. Erlena. It was our honor and privilege to have you on today. I am, yeah, I am Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0 Gold Digger, and I'm going to turn it over to two. Sisters, and this is Carol Sue, aka Nani Boss, reminding you that today is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Remember, it's also good to have a good, healthy relationship with money because the more money you have, sure, you can buy those baubles and good things, but guess what? You could impact so many more people if you have more money. Wouldn't it feel great to just say, oh, the church needs a new burner, and you just happen to write out a check, right? Well, to get that healthy mindset and relationship, it's also about paying it forward. That's the whole piece to it. But the trick is to pay it forward to someone that you don't know, not your favorite charity, not uh, your neighbor, not your, your family member, but somebody that you don't know, an unsuspecting person that is not expecting to receive anything. Now you ask, how much do I got to do? does not matter. It's not about the dollar amount. It could be a dollar. It could be five dollars. It could be coin, if you can even find coin out there, but it could be whatever you want it to be. 
Great way to do that would be, uh, I always give the example of, you know, most people are in a market at some point or a Walmart or any of those kinds of stores, right? Well, think about people that might be in need. You know, maybe the cost of diapers has gone up. Maybe as we know, the cost of pet food, we have a lot of pet food lovers out there. So wouldn't it be sweet for someone to open up a case, a can of cat food and wham, there was a $5 bill in there. I would feel pretty good about that. I would say, oh my God, and it would give you that really good feeling inside those endorphins are gonna increase and guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna pay it forward to somebody else. It's about pushing forward some kindness in a nice gentle way, but also letting them know that they're loved, that uh, someone cares about them that they don't even know. And that's what Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about. We will see you tomorrow for Thursday. We know what that is, Trending Thursday. We always say yes to so many things trending in this world today. Scrolling on your social media as you're going to find different ads or who's doing what, but change that up a little bit. We want you to be the trendsetter. We will see you tomorrow night. I think about 7.30. You never know. It might be tomorrow night. You never know. It might be tomorrow morning. We're going to surprise you. That's what's going to be trendsetting. Take care, everyone. Again, thank you, doctor, for coming on. We so appreciated everything that you added. Uh, so much value and goodness to our listeners and viewers. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Bye, everyone.